The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Thanks for being here. Great to have you with us. Pat Gray Unleashed. So later on in the show, top of hour three, Ted Cruz. Senator Ted Cruz will uh, be here to talk about Beto O'Rourke, this big campaign. Yeah. The blue wave! It's a blue wave! Talk to him about that. Ted Cruz, the only man, he, the only thing that stands between you and a pair of underwear. Yeah, well, eating it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got some... I've got an investment in this campaign. <laughs> I am invested in Ted Cruz. Yeah, I are. need him to win. So uh, we'll be t- we'll be talking to him. Top of hour three. Also, uh, interesting interesting stuff from the president again yesterday. He's <laughs> hey, it's there's never a dull moment with uh, Donald Trump. You got to say that uh, because every day he makes it entertaining. He he doesn't mince words. He doesn't hold back. He's always tweeting something or saying something to somebody <laughs> that he didn't necessarily think through all the way. Nope. <laughs> it's just there's there's uh, very little filter uh, to the president. So he had some interesting things to say as he was uh, discussing the situation with uh, Michael Cohen and uh, Paul Manafort. He was discussing that with Ainsley Earhart yesterday, and uh, here's some of what he said. He said one story, said you didn't know anything about the payments, no. and now he's saying that you directed him to make these payments. Did you direct him to make he these payments? He made the deal. He made the deals. And by the way, he played to two counts that aren't a crime, which nobody understands. Uh, I watched a number of shows. Sometimes you get some pretty good information by watching shows. Those two counts aren't even a crime. They weren't campaign finance. Did- did you know about the payments? Uh, later on, I knew. Later on. But you have to understand, Ainsley, what he did, and they weren't taken out of campaign finance. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. That's a much bigger thing. Did they come out of the campaign? They didn't come out of the campaign. They came from me, and I tweeted about it. You know, I put, I don't know if you know, but I tweeted uh, about the payments. But they didn't come out of campaign. In fact, my first question when I heard about it was, did they come out of the campaign? Because that could be a little dicey. And they didn't come out of the campaign, and mm-hmm. that's big. But they weren't. That's, big. that's not a. It's not even a campaign violation. If you look at President Obama, he had a massive campaign violation. But he had a different attorney general. And they viewed it a lot differently. You know, we have somebody that they seem to like to go after a lot of Republicans. But uh, he settled his very easily. In fact, I put that out fairly recently. Uh, So Obama had it. Other people have it. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody that runs for office has campaign violations. But what Michael Cohn pled to weren't even campaign related. They weren't crimes. Okay. So they weren't crimes. And he learned that. You get some really good information from uh, some of these shows. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff he should filter out of the discussion. That's exactly what Obama used to say. Uh, let's leave that at home. Heard about you, it on the news. Yeah. I, <laughs> and this goes beyond heard it on the news because you're actually admitting that you just, you learned a fact from from 
probably Fox News, but definitely cable news. Um, but you didn't learn it from an, like a, I don't know a constitutional expert or advisor on your in your cabinet. Uh, you didn't you didn't learn it from you know somebody within the government that told you it it's not illegal. A lawyer, or somebody you you learned about it on Fox. That's probably some information we should keep uh, on our inside voice. <laughs> Just because uh, they might be wrong. And there's a lot of dispute about that, you know, depends on who you listen to. So uh, it may or may not be illegal. It may or it's definitely a violation. But is it is it a criminal violation that they will prosecute you for? I don't know. Ask Dinesh D'Souza. He had a campaign violation, too. Spent, what, two years, 18 months in prison for it? Was it? I forget how long he was in there. Uh, but that was ridiculous. What he did was gave... He gave too much money to a candidate. Well, it's, it's his money. Why can't he give it to whomever he wants? Uh, that's a First Amendment issue. And that's why the, the campaign finance laws and rules are, in some cases, ridiculous. Because you should be able to donate to whomever you want. You should be able to give as much as you want. What if I wanted to give my entire... Everything I own... To somebody I really believed in. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. Wait. Unless I give it to a political action committee. Then I can give pretty much whatever I want. Oh, well, I'm not running then. Well, why does that make sense? It, it just, it doesn't. 888 Also, he was asked, uh, what happens if you get impeached by Democrats? Here's what he said. If the Democrats take back power, do you believe they will try to impeach you? Well, you know, I guess it's a something like high crimes and all. I don't, I don't know how you can impeach somebody who's done a great job. I'll tell you what, if I ever got impeached, I think the market would crash. I think everybody oh. would be very poor. <laughs> because without this thinking, uh, you, would see, you would see numbers that you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. In reverse. In reverse. Numbers in reverse that you wouldn't believe. It's that kind of hyperbole that, I don't know, sort of detracts. From what he's saying a little bit. Yeah. Okay, the markets would crash and everybody would be quite poor. Wow. And don't forget about high crimes and all. High high crimes and all that? And all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, some of these things, keep it to your inside voice. (laughs) Your inside voice. Oh, boy. Um, But he explained people uh, like him. They like the economy because it's doing well with him. Here's, here's what he had to say. If Hillary Clinton got elected, mm-hmm. instead of 4.1 up, and each point is $3.5 trillion and 10 million jobs. When I took it over, it was at one. And it was going to be down. It was going down. I freed up. I got rid of regulations. The tax cut was a tremendous thing. But even before Mm -hmm. the tax cut, right from first day, I got rid of regulation. I approved the pipelines, 48,000 jobs. Yep, that was good. But I did a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Had Hillary and the Democrats gotten in, Mm -hmm. had she been president, Mm -hmm. you would have had negative growth. We've picked up $10 trillion in worth. Mm -hmm. China, by the way, has gone down $15 trillion. okay? Okay? You know, when I came in, China was a dominant force. Now, they like me very much. <laughs> they like me. Uh, they, yeah, and, you know, some people do. So, he's, he's right about that. 
But the, if without him, the markets would crash and everybody would be poor. So just keep that in mind. You know, there's going to be some serious consequences if you get rid of him. Know that going in. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, the the big controversy at the border, which you know, you still haven't built the wall. We still don't have funding for the wall. We're still talking about how to fund it. We're still talking about what to actually build. And so people just keep pouring across our border who shouldn't be here. And yesterday, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick went on Fox News to talk about that situation. On the left, it's pure politics. They're playing, pol- they're playing with people's lives. Again, mm-hmm. American citizens and people who legitimately want to come here who aren't criminals. They're playing with their lives for politics. And by the way, the Democrats have this wrong. Because in Texas, and I ran on a very strong border security campaign four years ago as lieutenant governor, and I got mm-hmm. nearly 50% of the Hispanic vote. Hispanic Americans want the same protection. It's an excellent point. That's a point we don't make nearly enough. They act like if you want border security, you're racist. <laughs> that you hate Hispanics. Oh, Hispanics who have who have done things right, who are legally here, who actually took the time and the effort to obey the law. You think they're in favor of people just sneaking across the border because they want to? No, they're not. They're just as opposed, if not more so, than everybody else. Because it's, it's unfair to them, to the people who've gone about this the right they way. The rules. They want law and order. They don't yep. want hardened criminals crossing the border mm-hmm. into their neighborhoods. And a lot of this crime goes on in their neighborhoods. They, so they the Republicans also, they, need they to get also, a backbone and change. Yes. Look, I've, I've lived this issue as mm-hmm. a border lieutenant governor and senator. I've been down there many times. Um, Congress has to act. And you know, again... The CNNs, the MSNBCs, most of the print media in this country, and the Democrats, they are all accomplices in the death of this young girl and the death mm-hmm. of everyone else. And even Geraldo Rivera, and I've never met the guy. I seem to like him. Seems like he's got a good heart. You know, I saw him here on Fox saying, well, I feel badly about this, but. There is no but. And I'll be happy to mm. debate Geraldo Rivera anytime, anyplace, anywhere on this yeah. issue. We have to secure this border and protect the lives of American citizens. That's great. And he's right. He's right on every one of those points. Uh, And Geraldo, well, I don't think he'd ever debate Dan Patrick. Hmm? Dan Patrick would mop the floor with Geraldo. So uh, don't uh, hold your breath waiting for that to happen. But he is a nice guy. Glenn and I actually met him in in Baltimore in 1990. He was out on his, uh, I don't know, he had some kind of, he had a syndicated show at the time. I forget what the name of it was. It was Geraldo. Right? Like, no, it was before no? Geraldo. Well, are you talking about the one where they uh, interviewed people, kind of like you know, kind of like a Donahue type setup yes. or something mm-hmm. on the stage? Yeah, where he got his nose broken. That show. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it was that show. And so he's out on his yacht with his family. He invited us on the yacht. Oh and, wow! Yeah, it was kind of cool. That is cool. Uh, I think since you know he probably hates us because he's <laughs> he's. He's a little left of center, and we're just a tad right of center, so we wouldn't mesh very well uh, with what we're doing now. But that's why Geraldo sticks out like a sore thumb on Fox. He and Shepard Smith, a couple others, that they just don't, you know, uh, they really stand out because they're left of center. Uh, it'd be like a conservative if there were one on msnbc but you'll never see that <laughs> 888 thirty three ninety three. 
Uh, let me tell you about earth water. Earth water is a great 100% natural beverage, and it puts much-needed micronutrients back into your diet that are missing from it. Over 70 trace minerals are in earth water. Uh, it will help boost your energy level, rebuild your immune system, reduce your stress. It can improve your memory and your focus and remove toxins from your, from your body. It's just it's a great beverage, and it just tastes like water, which I love. Um, plus, when you become an Earth Water affiliate, you'll get on the gr- you'll get in on the uh, on the ground floor when they kick this program off later this year. And you'll be giving, given a unique idea, ID link that pays you 40% weekly commission with Earthwater's direct-to-market model when your customers purchase Earthwater for themselves. So you just sell it to people. You get the 40% commission. It's awesome. 40% commission just for selling a really healthy product. To join Team Earthwater, go to theblaze.teamearthwater.com. That's theblaze.teamearthwater.com. You're listening to Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Uh huh. Oh, by the way, Geraldo has already accepted uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's uh, challenge nice. for a debate. Let's do this. Geraldo tw- tweeted out, uh, Dan Patrick claims outrageously that I'm effectively an accomplice to horrifying murder of Molly Tibbetts because I beg compassion and mercy for undocumented immigrants. How dare he make so false an accusation? He's fear-mongering, and I accept his challenge for debate. Good. I'd love to see it because seriously, he doesn't have a chance. Hmm. Vast majority of the 11 to 12 million undocumented here are hardworking, otherwise law abiding. <laughs> otherwise law abiding. Mm-hmm. I hate that so much. First of all, let's go through this point by point. 11 to 12 million, they've been using that number for 12, 13, 14, 15 years now. When we talked about this, Almost every day for a long time in Houston, they were using the 11 million figure. So that's not a static number? Yes. I mean, none of them are having babies, that's for sure. No, and, and nobody's come across the border since then. Hmm. So it stayed exactly the same. The actual number is easily between 20 and 30 million. Easily 20 to 30 million. Doesn't make any sense that it would be 11 million still. The vast majority of those here are hardworking. Well... I don't know. Are they? I know some are. Sure. Is it the vast majority? I don't know. And neither does he, neither does Geraldo. Are you watching them every second of the day? Do you know them all? <laughs> it's in sweeping generalizations, either positive or negative, are ridiculous. And they're otherwise law abiding. No, they're not. They're they're here illegally. Plus, they're either. Uh, tax evaders or they have stolen somebody's identity. It's either identity fraud and theft or they're evading taxes too. So you've got that. They're not otherwise law-abiding. He continued, for decades, 
They've come and gone home over the southern border. Since 9-11, these workers have been treated as terrorists by politicians. No, they haven't. Stop it. No, they have not. And so that's why I don't mind the rhetoric of, of Dan Patrick holding him accountable for it, because I'm so sick of their rhetoric. It's, it's so ridiculous. Um, d- then he continues. Days ago, a fiend named Chris Watts. Here, here how he's rationalizing now. This is how they rationalize the illegals who are murdering American citizens. Now, they, they wouldn't be here to do that. And if it saves one life, how come we never hear that, that term, that phrase from the left on this issue? If border security saves one life, isn't it worth it? Days ago, a fiend named Chris Watts allegedly slaughtered his two little children, his pregnant wife and his unborn child. Yet scarcely an utterance from politicians like Dan Patrick. Why no outrage? Imagine if this monster had been an undocumented Latino, there would be a lynching. No, there would not be a lynching because this happens every day. Every day drunk drivers are killing Americans. Every day somebody's slaughtered by an illegal immigrant. And of course everybody's outraged and we've been talking about the outrage of uh, Chris Watts who first make this... First of all, he makes this plea, please help me find my wife and children. And then it turns out he killed them. But, you know, I mean, there's nothing we could, there's already a law against that. He's already here. He's legally here. What we're trying to, uh, what we're trying to stop is for people who shouldn't be here to commit those crimes. Because then you'd have these other people be alive. God, it's such an irrational moronic excuse to uh, just continue to allow the porous border situation. And they're not, nobody's being treated like terrorists. None of these illegal immigrants. In fact, they're given so much leeway. They're always called hardworking, decent, wonderful family people. (laughs) They can't be separated from their families. Nobody says that about American citizens. Nobody says Hey, that, yeah, that guy committed tax evasion, but you can't separate him from his family. Nobody ever says that uh, about an American citizen. (laughs) It's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And we, you know, we've just spun our wheels on this issue for 30 years. Ever since the terrible, terrible decision of Ronald Reagan to grant amnesty to the two million at the time. And they were supposed to pay restitution. Never did. Uh, that was supposed to end it. That was supposed to fix the problem. What happened? It got 10 times worse. 10 times worse. And every time we talk about this, we're shouted down by people like Geraldo Rivera as being racists who uh, don't care about American killers. Well, of course we do. That's why the guy's on trial now. That's why the guy's in jail now and will be on trial soon. That's why he was captured and put into jail. Because we care about that. <laughs> but you're made made into a racist, a xenophobe, you're jingoistic, whatever. And we just can't care about that kind of language anymore. We just, we got to keep moving on this issue. And it would be nice if Republicans cared enough to actually do something about it when they have the majority in the House and the Senate and we have the executive office. So... There's no better time to do it than right now. Why aren't they doing it? 
I don't know. <laughs> so frustrating. Because they're feckless and impotent. That's why. <sighs> I, it's the same thing with the Obamacare thing. Elect yeah. us and we'll do this. Elect- yeah. But of course, you know, the, the GOP establishment was never on board with actually doing something. Mm-mm. But I do believe Trump was. I, I, I genuinely thought that. Um, it's just one disappointment after another in D.C. But uh, anyway. It is. It is. We're going to talk to Ted. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz will be on the top of our three. And we'll ask him about whether D.C. has actually gotten worse than when he entered office. And I, I think it has. I think it's even worse than 2013 when he went into the Senate. And now here he is, uh, almost six years later. Up for re-election now, and uh, we've got him fighting for us. We've got Mike Lee, and there maybe Rand Paul. <laughs> Is there anybody else? I don't know. Not that I could ever think of. Not in the we, Senate. We name the same three people every single time. And meanwhile, a parade of idiots have come along, like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who's <clears throat> gotten so much attention lately. Kamala Harris from California, who gets so much attention. And then up-and-coming future congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, that's going to be awesome when she's up there. That's going to be great when she's there, because, man, it just makes Washington that much better. Just it enriches the government that much more. It definitely helps with show prep. Well, it's going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not, though. I'd rather no, I'd rather, just rather have, have the lack of it in a country that functions properly and is constitutional. Sadly, we don't have that right now. Mm. But we got football season coming up, right? Yeah. Yes. There's no, nothing yes, nothing stressful about the NFL at all these days. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it's like a well-oiled machine at this point, isn't it? Oh. And they. They actually did their conference call that we talked about, mm-hmm. and they were going to review that the situation with tackling and your helmet and what part of the helmet. If your helmet even comes within, I think, the same anybody. zip code mm-hmm. of the... Then it's yeah, a 15-yard penalty. You yeah. get thrown out of the game till there's nobody left on the field. Yeah, they just start and then, eliminating players. Then the refs start playing. <laughs> and uh, nobody can hit each other with a helmet because they don't have one on. Uh, so they kept everything the same. Do you think they've actually started producing the the flags uh, for the players to wear when it changes to flag football? I mean, because go, oh, yeah, ahead, and, sure. go ahead and get those. Yeah, team they got to get a head start ready. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely got to get a start on that because that's just around the corner now. Because of if, as if the kneeling, the pregame kneeling wasn't bad enough, now they have completely ruined the game. It would appear. Just amazing that they recommended no changes to the helmet rule. No changes. Troy Vincent, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, released a statement. The NFL Competition Committee met today by conference call to discuss the new use of the helmet rule through the first two weeks of the season. The committee reviewed feedback and received uh, the the feedback received to date from the players, coaches, and game officials, which you know is negative. Mm -hmm. You know that they hate this rule and they want to change. This is like this is like my town. But yeah, you show up at the city council meeting, uh forty to one against something doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They voted. Committee resolved that there will be no changes to the rule as approved by clubs this spring, which includes no additional use of instant replay. Okay. Well, great. Uh, In other words, we we won't even look. We're gonna just we're gonna we're gonna enforce the penalty, throw the players out. We're not even gonna look and make sure that we got it right. It's great. Also, uh, yesterday, Ohio State suspended Coach Urban Meyer 
for three games. Now, I kind of knew that they weren't going to fire him. I figured because initially I thought they would, and then I thought, no, come on, he's too important to that university. He's got a 73-8 and eight record since he's been at Ohio State. Something like an overall record of 177-34, and 34, I think. They can't get rid of him. Hmm. Um, but they did suspend him for a whopping three games. Well, yeah, I mean, he had that passionate, three games. heartfelt speech yesterday. Yeah, we're going to play that for you because oh, it's yes. something to behold. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I hope you have some uh, Kleenex next to you because you're going to need it for this segment when we show you how broken up Urban Meyer was yesterday when he made his statement. He just, I mean, he didn't do enough. And man, is he sorry for it. And you can just feel, feel the passion (laughs) spilling out of him. Yeah, he was broken up for sure. Here's his press conference uh, when he announced what was going on at, at Ohio State. I know that the impact that the events the last three weeks have had on this institution, an institution that I love, and how challenging this has been for our community, our president, a man who I have great respect for, and for that I am deeply sorry. Oh, yeah, I can feel I'm fully aware that I'm ultimately responsible for this situation. Look up. That has harmed the university as a whole and our department of athletics and our football program. I want to apologize to Buckeye Nation. I followed my heart, not my head. I fell short in pursuing full information because at each juncture, Mm -hmm. I gave Zach Smith the benefit of the doubt. Oh, boy. As I reflect Mm -hmm. my loyalty to his grandfather, Earl Bruce, who was my mentor and like a father to me, likely impacted how I treated Zach over the years. I did not know everything about Zach Smith, which was what Zach Smith was doing, and I'm pleased that the report made this very clear. Yeah. However, I should have demanded more from him yeah. and recognized red flags. Powerful. I needed to show more care and concern for the entirety of the situation I and the people it. involved. Sure. I should have been more demanding of him in the same way I am of my players, other staff members, and mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I should have done more, should have. and I am sorry for that. <laughs> I did a poor well, job at I'm Media Day. feeling that. It's a big reason why we're here today. Uh-huh. I was not being as complete, as accurate as I should have been. I'm not as accurate. I see. Is that like a lie? But there is no intent to mislead. Oh. My role is to set a good example. In this instant, I did not live up to the university's standards. The suspensions are tough, but I fully (laughs) accept them. I wish I could go back and make the different decisions, but I can't. Yeah. These difficult lessons are a constant reminder of the duties and obligations that I have as a member of this university and this community. Mm-hmm. I take full responsibility. For, I take this responsibility very seriously. Mm, sure you do, sure and you I will do, do better. Who wrote of course, this? I've been a Buckeye my entire life. For the past six years, I've worked Ooh, diligently wait, to build a program in the great um, state of Ohio, mm-hmm. and Ohio State can be very proud of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the opportunity to learn from a mistake, and I will work Robert. as hard as I ever have to make our strong program even stronger. Thank you very. Boy, that cut you right to the core, didn't it? Here, take a take yes. a tissue, man. I know, he is hurting. 
dab away the tears. That was. He's hurting, Pat. I'm uh, very sorry. I'm I've been asked to read this yeah. note about how sorry I am. They wrote this for me at the PR department, and I uh, probably should have done some things differently. But what the hell? I'm Urban Meyer. I've got a 73 and eight record here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't really give a rat's ass about any of this nonsense, and I just want to get back to coaching the team, making $7.8 million a year. Thank you. Wow, powerful. Thank you, Urban. Thank you. That's great. Think, okay, hold it's on. It's good hold stuff. On. Hold on. Do you think he good read stuff. that script before he walked out there? Didn't seem like it. <laughs> it seemed like that was a, uh, a Trumpian sort of, yeah, I'm looking at all this for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> And he's been a Buckeye his whole life. Well, he coached at Bowling Green. Was he not uh, one of the Green Wave then? Coached at the University of Utah. Was he not a Ute at that point? He coached at Florida. Was he not a Gator? Hmm. Nope, he's been a Buckeye his whole life. So Whole life. There you go. Uh, Urban Meyer. You knew he was probably too important as as a coach. As maybe the best coach in, in college football. It's certainly between him and Nick Saban. But there was somebody else that was investigated a while back, and he came out to say, was it the Ohio State basketball coach? It was somebody where he's like, if you lie during the course of an investigation, you should not keep your job. Huh. Was that the wrestling team? I don't know. I'm I, not sure. I don't know, but it uh, was something. They've had some issues at Ohio State because they had the wrestling situation, too, where some guy was ogling the wrestlers when they came in for showers and stuff, and slapping their butts or whatever as we walked wow. by. I mean, it was icky. It was like uh, creepy stuff. And 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 Congressman Jordan, Jim Jordan, was one of the assistant coaches during this particular time. And they tried to pin a bunch of this on him because he did nothing. And fortunately, the coaches, the other coaches at Ohio State said, no, no, he had nothing to do with this. He didn't know about it. Uh, so they tried, to, they tried to suck him into it. Yeah, you're right. And they couldn't do it. So they've had that that wrestling issue. They've got this uh, football thing. Then we had the report that I've seen absolutely nowhere from uh, uh, James O'Keefe and his organization, where they clandestinely filmed the former Florida Gators under Urban Meyer. And they said the guy practically tortured them at practice, that he didn't care about the people, that he drove them so hard. In one case, a guy's leg blew up. Oh. They made him do leg presses until his his quads exploded. I, and that that's got no play at all. I thought that might create some kind of little stir where maybe that would contribute to this and he might he might have a chance to be fired, but nope. <laughs> nope. Just too much money in the Ohio State football program. They need him, they want him, they like him. He's gotten results for him, and so he's going to serve a three three game suspension, mm. and then we're all done against Oregon State, Rutgers, and then TCU. But oh. it's just so convenient. Those are those are three wins for Ohio State right there. Yeah, yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, just like you know, BYU starts five and zero this year with a tougher schedule than Ohio State has. Much tougher, by the way. Much. Okay. I mean, thank goodness you didn't put any underwear with that one, right? <laughs> Jeffy did. Jeffy put my underwear uh, on the line for him if they go 5-0. and oh. So that, I've got that added incentive. So BYU goes 5-0. and oh. Jeffy, and Jeffy eats, eats my underwear. Your underwear. That's his pledge. 
And it's my pledge that on that day I poop my pants, just like Al Roker did at the White House. Okay. So just a just a just a heads up. <laughs> uh huh. Um, if BYU wins their fifth game of the year and they go mm-hmm. five and zero oh, mm-hmm. to start, mm-hmm. I will be absent on Monday. I will not Why? sit here and watch. Oh, you won't watch that I happen. I will not watch that in person. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to see Jeffy eat my underwear. Come on now, because I also don't want the audience to see me vomit <laughs> over here. Huh. All right. Well, whatever. Ooh. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they start out with. Uh, yesterday was the last day of fall camp. By the way, now they're into preparation for Arizona, uh, which is a week from Saturday already. Jeez, can you believe it? It is. It's on. So they got Arizona, one and zero. Cal makes it 2-0. The Cal game is in Provo. Uh, then they travel to number four, Wisconsin. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a little bit of a breather in Provo with McNeese State. <laughs> uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good team, I was about to say, though. they're always yeah, great. They're always really good. Then they've got sixth-ranked Washington. So two of their first five games are against top-ten teams. Good luck. And I'm not necessarily predicting 5-0. and I'm just saying oh, it could happen. okay. I didn't say they will be 5-0. and I'm just saying that it would be great if they're 5-0, and and that's when Jeffy said, if they're 5-0, and I'll eat your underwear. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> if they're 5-0, uh, uh, first of all, if look. they're 5-0, and I'll eat your underwear. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh-huh. Well, you do have the courtesy of... <laughs> Like stopping at Walmart on the way in that day and getting a nope. Pay. Oh no, no, I will not do that. I will courtesy. not be here on that Monday. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> so anyway, it should be a fun football season, and I'm I'm psyched about it. Oh yeah, it should be with these new helmet rules and the NFL and uh, well, it's going to be a fun have, college football. They season. They already have stupid rules in the in college with. Oh no! If your face mask glances, you know the targeting thing, oh, and, and it's even it's, it's even horrible. more strict in college because they kick you out for a full mm-hmm. game. If you are, if they deem that you did that and you get the penalty, you're out for a full game. For so that game. for that game, well, that game depends on when it happened. If it happened in the second half, then you're out for that half and oh. the first half of the next game. I can't take it. Yeah, so it's it's t- it's touch pretty football amazing. time. Touch football. Here we come. I know. It's not that far off. It's not that. It, it's not when funny. When we first started saying this, it was kind of like, okay, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it'll never get to that. Well, now we're to the point where, I don't know, it might get to that. That's it actually good could. Good job by, by football, you know. You already isolate your fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, what portion of the audience is gone now from the kneeling, but now you got those of us that are in it for the game, and it's yeah. being taken away. And the kneeling situation is uh, interesting as well. We, we've got all kinds of, well, we have President Trump talking about the kneeling all the time. Then we have Senate, senatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke, uh, the Irish guy with the Hispanic nickname. For some reason, nobody can figure out. Uh, he was talking about the kneeling rule and how wonderful it is. And since we have uh, Ted coming up later on today, Senator Ted Cruz will be on at the top of hour three, and he responds to to this pretty nicely. But here's what his uh, opponent, Beto O'Rourke, said about the kneeling in pro football. The freedoms that we have were purchased not just by those in uniform, and they definitely were. 
but also by those who took their lives into their hands riding those Greyhound buses, the Freedom Riders in the Deep South in the 1960s. Who knew full well that they would be arrested, and they were serving time in the Mississippi State Penitentiary. Um, Rosa Parks getting from the back of the bus to the front of the bus. Peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that okay. black men unarmed, black teenagers unarmed, and black children mm -hmm. unarmed are being killed at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement. At a frightening Without level. accountability mm -hmm. and without justice. Oh and gosh. this problem, as Jeez. grave as it is, is not going to fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem is to ensure right? mm -hmm. that we fix it. That is That's why cool. they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, mm -hmm. any place. I love Ted's response to this. When Beto O'Rourke says he can't think of anything more American than players taking a knee, well, I got to tell you, I can. <laughs> <laughs> As an example, the senator noted that service members on military posts around the nation routinely salute the flag and stand at attention whenever the anthem is played. Um, he could think of, you know, military people who have fought for this country who are, that's, that's more American. That, you're going to say that, wait, fighting for your country? Yeah. Sacrifice, you know, yeah. holding your life on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to say that's more American. A little more, little more American. Than kneeling during... A little more patriotic. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Go out on a limb there. <laughs> so we'll talk to him uh, more about this and, and other issues uh, coming up at the, again at the top of Hour 3 here on Pat Gray Unleashed. You know, losing weight is difficult under any circumstances, but, you know, especially when you hit a certain age and your body starts to slow down, your metabolism is not what it once was, it can be really hard. And so... Uh, you really have to try hard to lose the weight, and then you have to try even harder to keep it off. There's something that can help you in that effort. Riduzone. Riduzone is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. You take it, it, it can boost your metabolism and help reduce your appetite. So if you're thinking about food all day, man, it makes it so hard not to indulge. If you've hit that age where nothing seems to work in your weight loss world, it's time to try Riduzone. Put it to the test. Order it. Give it a try for three months. See what happens. Riduzone.com. Enter the promo code PAT. Get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com. Promo code PAT for 30% off a three-month supply. That's Riduzone.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Interesting that President Trump 
heard about the South African situation and then tweeted about it. And I, th- I thought it was a pretty responsible tweet, actually. Um, He's got some of those. Yeah. And, and this was, is, was one of them. Uh, President Trump angered, obviously, the South African government because they don't want any attention called to this. And it, it's fascinating to me that everybody on the left is completely denying that there's anything going on in South Africa. Mm. Whoa, this is just some white nationalist, uh, racist conspiracy against South Africa. <laughs> okay, you know, that's what the world said about the Holocaust in the 40s, right? You know that, don't you? The Jews weren't being killed. They weren't being rounded up. What are you talking about? That's just a fallacy. That's an urban legend. It's a myth. Stop it. There's nothing going on in Germany. That's exactly what... All the things that we said never again are all happening again. Now, I don't know what the extent of this South African farmer situation is. Is it genocide? It probably doesn't rise to that level right now. But they're actually making a constitutional amendment now so that they can take white farmers' land from them without compensation. What do you think is going to happen there? Is that going to go well? You can just show up and take my farm from me that I've had in my family for 400 years, and you can just take it from me without giving me any anything for it? Well, it's social justice, uh, Yeah. It, that, well, that's what they're claiming. Even this article that bashes Trump for... Um, for tweeting about this. And all he did, really, was to ask Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to study what's going on there. Go look into it. See if there's anything to this. Well, that's really responsible. That's what we should be doing. Let's look into it. See if there's anything to it. Are, are there farmers being killed? Even the Vox article says, yes, there have been. But oh, that's it doesn't look like it's... We don't even know if that's racism. That just might be because they're wealthy people, and that's what happens to wealthy people. They get attacked sometimes for their stuff. I swear. This that's world, essentially what they said. This world is madness, where you can say, chink in the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's racist. But murdering no, white that, farmers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, and it's blacks who have done it. Don't jump to conclusions. Yeah, stop it. I, we don't know what that is. We don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. So they actually call it a myth and a fallacy and say it is not happening, even though they recognize and admit in the article that, yes, some farmers have been murdered. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a good conclusion to reach that it's a conspiracy and it's just not happening when it is happening and you admit it. Very weird. And, and again, we said never again. It's all happening again. Or it could be, certainly, but it's happened in other places. Happened in Cambodia. Uh, uh, One million Muslims are being put into concentration camps in China. Uh, I mean, there are things going on that very much mirror what happened in in World War II. I mean, and I... And we don't pay attention to it. We don't care. Completely silent on ISIS was the left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what they were doing. They're completely silent on Venezuela. Why? Why would you be silent on the starvation happening to the Venezuelan people right now? Okay, those guys aren't white. They're Hispanic. We care about that. We're trying to talk about that. We're trying to raise the issue. We're trying to send help through uh, Mercury One. What are you doing about it? 
Well, nothing because you don't want to admit the failure of socialism. You're looking the other way because that was your socialist utopia. They were doing really well for a while because of oil. Now they're not. Now, because of socialism, they've absolutely had an economic collapse. And you don't want anything to do with it. You don't want to talk about uh, all the health issues that are happening right now. They don't don't have medicine. They don't have doctors. The people are, are pouring across the border to other countries looking for help and food. And, and medical services. But the left won't talk about any of it. It's despicable. I, I mean, their ideology, their worldview means everything to them. And nothing dare get in the way of it. 888 uh, Let's go to Jody in Utah. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey. Hey. Um, so I, I wondered if you or Keith had noticed something I noticed. In the last few days, listening to... Well, Beto just a minute ago, the fake Mexican mm-hmm. and the fake Indian and Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. they all whine. And it's not just the words they use. It's the tone of their voice. Do these people go to a special school to learn how to do this? Because <laughs> I just want to slap them all silly. <laughs> oh, what violent rhetoric. Right? Oh, wow. Wow. Did you hear that? I did. She wants to slap them. Silly. Silly. Wow. And they're already silly, uh, unfortunately, so it wouldn't take much of a slap. That would give them something to whine about. <laughs> Get there, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not really sure, Jody. But thanks for the call. It, it's it's a good point. They do. That's all they do. They whine all the time. Yeah, either whine about something that someone they disagree with is saying, mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. or they will. Um, they will invent it if they have to. They will make sure that they're the victim and. Um, no matter what, it's no matter what they're victims. You can't converse with with people anymore. You just can't even have a discussion about anything. Yeah, because everyone's crying about something or making something up to cry about. And again, with like the South African story, there are things to be concerned about. You're right, there, and there the serious things like that could get yeah. no traction Swept whatsoever. Swept under the rug and called uh, talking points of white nationalists and neo Nazis. It's exactly what they call this. Uh, This article starts out, President Donald Trump tried Thursday night to change the conversation from his former lawyer implicating him in federal crimes by tweeting out a common talking point of white nationalists and neo-Nazis. Wow. Wow. Late Wednesday night, Trump announced on Twitter that he had directed Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to investigate the South Africa land and farm seizures and expropriations of the large and the large scale killing of farmers. Pretty responsible. He didn't say that there's genocide happening. He di- he didn't say that uh, there's there's uh, uh, he didn't say that this was being done by the South African government necessarily. He said, "Look into it, investigate it. Let's see if it's happening." But the article continues. Trump is referring to a virulent racist conspiracy theory that has been a pet cause of hardcore white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and the alt-right for several years. More recently, Fox News' Tucker Carlson, one of the president's favorite conservative cable news pundits, has taken up the cause. The conspiracy theory is based on the very real, they even admit this, and very controversial issue of post-apartheid land reform in South Africa. But the white nationalists who propagate it have taken what is a genuinely thorny issue and magnified it beyond all objective fact, twisting it into what they see as a nightmare cautionary tale of white genocide. Now, I saw 
we we played this the other day from a, an Australian news agency. It's Australian. They're not, as far as I know, they're nobody considers them white nationalists. And they ran a story that said in the last year, from one to two farmers a week have been murdered on their farms. And then they showed the people and told their stories of their loved ones having been maimed and murdered and their farms taken from them. And now they're claiming, nope, it's just not happening. It's white nationalists and neo-Nazis talking point. Don't worry about it. Hmm, okay. Welcome to 1939, all over again. 888 Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888 and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Um, we're talking about the possibility of BYU going 5-0 and because oh, just football season is around the corner. Just a distinct possibility. When we talked to, to a couple of weeks ago about this, <laughs> uh, Jeffy happened to mention, if, if, uh, if BYU goes 5-0, I'll eat your underwear. Okay, so... A bad, bad We're all day. praying for BYU to go five and zero. That's true. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so, right wing Ninja One says, if BYU goes five and zero, I will join Keith in not going to work. <laughs> I will stay at home so I can watch Jeffy eat Pat's underwear live. Yeah, and let's be honest, I'm coming to work. In fact, I'm yeah. gonna live stream it from the uh, mm-hmm. from the kitchen while Matthew <laughs> yeah. sautes your hands. I, I, I didn't think oh. I didn't think you'd miss that because oh, it'll be a special day. Be fun. <laughs> uh, Constitutional Trist says, what will Pat do if BYU starts 0-5? Oh my gosh, perish the thought. Oh, Don't even think such a thing. Will you Don't kill Jeffy ask. on the air? Oh my gosh. I, it's a lose-lose for Jeffy. <sighs> Either way. Man, they were 0-5. I mean... Are you done with football forever? Season's done at that point, right? Like you're done with football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm done with almost everything. It's just not worth going on if they're 0 and 5. What if they're 1 and 4? That would be the second straight crappy season, and I just, I can't, no, I can't fathom it. 1 and 4, okay. Can't, no. 2 3? No. no. 3 and 2. Uh, more acceptable. 3 and 2 would be okay. Okay. I mean, not okay, but better than. What do you honestly <clears throat> expect to begin the f- first five games? 4 and 1? Just Wisconsin as I'm, a loss? I'm hoping that they can beat. Either Wisconsin or Washington, and all the the other uh, four that they play. I'm hoping they got to get at least one of those two, and uh, it'll be a special season if they can do that. Plus, win all the other games that they're supposed to win. If they finish ten and two, as I have predicted, they will. Mm. That would be a great season. Ten and two. Yeah, might even get them into a New Year's Six bowl game. I don't know. We'll see. So an interesting thing on the Big Ten network about uh, Nebraska. They they uh, you know they do some show where they go to all the teams' uh, uh, fall practices, 
and they were really impressed with the Huskers this year. Wow, has something yeah, changed they, there? Why is it? They why felt is it the energy. Now? They felt the energy. They said, they, they said actually that they looked like maybe the best team they'd seen so far, and they've been all over the Big Ten. So I don't know. Sounds like a good year for Nebraska for your for your Huskers. I shall not be making any predictions about underwear, however. Well, what do you think? What do you think? Season? What kind of season are they going to have? With this new coach, Scott Frost, who was the quarterback when they won their last national championship, right? Yes, sir. <clears throat> so what, what would be your by prediction the way, on By the way, just a memo to Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska would have beaten you in 1997. Anyway, <laughs> um, that was the last split championship. Then oh. we got the BCS and all that stuff because oh, of stuff like that okay. happening. Mm-hmm. All right. The coaches were right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I you know, don't when know, BYU Pat. won its championship, it was undisputed. Nobody, uh, no poll, no no self-respecting poll voted for somebody else. Nebraska has five national titles? Yeah. That's just a small detail that we won't talk about. Right it's five now. greater than one, Pat? What What am I, a mathematician? <laughs> it's metric, sorry. <laughs> uh, how's Nebraska going to do? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Eight and four, maybe? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't want to get crazy. That wouldn't be terrible because they got a tough schedule. You know, do they yeah. play Michigan and Ohio State both? They play at Michigan. They play at Ohio State. Oof. Yeah, that makes it tough. Yeah, it's going to be a gun. Wisconsin? They play Wisconsin at, at Wisconsin. Okay. They have three wow. really All three tough are on the road? On the road. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's brutal. Yeah, so uh, okay. no bets. All right. <laughs> I'm just Chicken. looking forward to... I'm sorry? Chicken? Oh, no. Is this a Marty McFly moment happening Brady here? cat. Okay. Scaredy uh, cat? What do you want to bet? I don't I don't bet. I'm not a gambler. So. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Well, Ted Cruz, you can tell him about the bet you have with him and Beto coming up here in an uh, hour. Yeah. yeah. Ted Cruz joins us. Uh-huh. That'll be fun. Pressure's on, Ted. Don't make Pat have to eat underwear. Um, an Illinois mother of two says she's been investigated by child services. And when you hear her crime, you'll think, yeah, surprising she's not in jail. <laughs> yeah. Illinois. She allowed her eight-year-old daughter to walk the family dog by herself in the neighborhood. What What in the world? Wait, this what? happens in America? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and has CPS taken the children from her yet? <sighs> Speaking to the Chicago Tribune, 48-year-old Corey Wyden of Wilmette said earlier this month, someone called the police on her after seeing her child outside with the Maltese puppy, Marshmallow. What, isn't that adorable? No, it's stupid. And there was no adult around. Uh, police interviewed the mom, decided not to pursue criminal charges, but the incident triggered a two-week investigation by the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services because you let the eight-year-old girl walk her dog in the neighborhood? Hmm. You know, seriously, is that something we can't do now? I, You know, I think back to my childhood and I think, we ran all over town in the mean streets when my parents were at work during the yeah. summer. <laughs> and from a pretty young age, I, I think at eight, we were... You know, because my parents both worked, so we'd go out and yeah, pretty much do anything. Yep. But Gosh. then I think, well, did I let my children do the same thing? And the answer <laughs> to that's definitely no. And I, I, I realized that I was probably overly protective because I, I don't think I would have let my eight-year-old daughter walk the dog by herself by in herself. our neighborhood. 
I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, see. I'm not sure. I don't know. We Is this an okay thing to just send your 8-year-old daughter out to walk the dog or are we more protective than that now? Is it too dangerous now to do that? Does it, it depend is, on the neighborhood? Maybe. Or just, or just mm-hmm. as a principle, a general principle. If it's a nice neighborhood. Hmm. You know, we live in an okay neighborhood. It's pretty nice. Uh, I don't know if I'd... You know, I, I told the story already. Yeah. My... What was she at the time? 16-year-old daughter? She wanted to go for a walk. And it was, you know, mid-afternoon. And she wanted to go down to the neighborhood pond. And I'm like, no, no. By yourself? No. Uh-uh. Wait till your brother gets home. <laughs> She's 16. And it's, you know, but that's... Look, my, my instinct is to mock you. And then I mm-hmm. look up and I see a picture of Molly Tippett's. So... Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, 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 my instinct was to just jump all over you. Mm-hmm. And then you see something like that and you're reminded. You're like, no, this, this world sucks. Yeah. But you know what? I've raised my kids to know how much the world sucks and hopefully prepare them to deal with it. Um, but you can't... You just can't be everywhere, man. And uh, what we've done is we'll let the let a couple of them, you know, go at a time, you know, riding bikes around the neighborhood together. Um, at least they have each other. Mm-hmm. And we have them sometimes, if you think about it, you know, take the walkie-talkies. You know what? Check in every now and then, you know? Yeah, that wouldn't be bad Most, if they had walkie-talkies in the... Yeah, mostly because my butt ain't getting out of this recliner because <laughs> football's on. Yeah. So just, you know, just mm-hmm. check in. I'll be like, That's hey, why I say just don't go outside. No, just stay here. Sit on the couch. Watch TV. <laughs> Watch football with me. <laughs> now, the mom fun. says she can see her daughter from the windows of their house for most of the route. Oh, she's better than me then. The mom of two, who in the past had operated a consignment boutique catering to parents, has been homeschooling her daughter and says her walk around the block with Marshmallow is the only time during the day the girl is briefly unsupervised. After Wyden's daughter safely returned home with the puppy... The family was visited by officers from the Wilmette Police Department who asked how long the eight-year-old had been outside on her own. After hearing her response, the mother's response, the officers left without charging her with child neglect. Well, that's good. Mm. You mean there's some common sense in Illinois? Uh Uh-huh. But under Illinois state law, child neglect is defined as leaving a a minor younger than 14 without supervision for an unreasonable period of time. Who decides that? Without regard for the mental or physical health, safety, or welfare of that minor, the anonymous tipster who called the police on Wyden, then, because she didn't get arrested, then she went to the Department of Children and Family Services. Good gosh. Somebody in that neighborhood. Jeez, I would be pissed. You know what this is? You just said it. Mm. When you were reading through the story? Mm Mm-hmm. She's homeschooled. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't like that. Yeah, somebody hates homeschoolers. That's exactly right. Oh, look, there's a homeschool kid out at one in the afternoon walking their dog. Yep. This happened to us in Connecticut once when uh, our first time in Connecticut. So our kids were pretty young and and uh, the kids were out playing at two in the afternoon or something. One of the neighbors called police. Police show up at, at the door, knock on the door. My wife comes to the door, kids in their arms, kids running around in the house. And he took one look at what was going on and said, you're a homeschooler, right? She's like, yes. Yeah, we are. Okay, thank you, ma'am. Have a good day. Bye bye. That's wow. I'm yeah. I'm actually surprised. Yeah, but somebody somebody in the neighborhood didn't like homeschooling. Didn't like the fact that our kids were out sooner than theirs uh, because of the one-on-one yeah. care with you know 
just my wife and the kids, not 30 kids. So it takes less time. You know, you, you mentioned Connecticut. And my instinct, I think anyone's instinct, oh, the Northeast. I'm sure they clamped down. You probably were under investigation. That's the time you lived in Connecticut. Amazingly, and we lived in New Jersey, New Jersey and Connecticut, states don't require any notice, no requirements for parents to initiate any contact. Of course, every mm-hmm. other state up there, mm-hmm. tons of you know paperwork and red tape uh, to educate your kids as you see fit at your house. Yeah. But it looks like Connecticut, New Jersey, they stay off your back, so good they for do. you, because I could have seen that really unraveling for they you. They stay off your back in Texas, too, but that means you can't participate in extracurricular activities in the public school system, which you are paying for. Yeah, it would be that nice if you didn't have to pay your uh, property taxes to fund stuff right. that you're Wouldn't not allowed it? to use. Wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. I'd make that trade-off. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, caseworkers from the agency visited their home and interviewed their 17-year-old son and 8-year-old daughter, as well as their pediatrician and other family members. Get out of my face. That is unbelievable. Is it unreasonable? I'd love to hear from you and your, your thoughts on this at 888 Is that unreasonable to let your 8-year-old walk the dog in your neighborhood? Would you still do that? Or would you do that today? 888 uh, you know, if you're looking for a nicer neighborhood, or maybe you're downsizing and and, uh, and you just want something a little bit smaller, we've got the realtor for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, these have all been vetted, all 1,200 of them across the nation, by Glenn's team for being full-time, for being really committed to you know careers in real estate, so they know what they're doing. They know what to look for when they show up at your house. As far as curb appeal is concerned, the landscaping, the trim, the paint, what are the windows like? Do you need to update anything? They'll let you know about that. There's professional staging to think about and the pictures that have to go up online. And those have to look good because you want to entice somebody to come see it in person. And when should you list? What should be the price? Because you don't want it to still be on the market six months from now. And then everybody says, well, what's wrong with that place? And then you have to lower the price. So if you'd like to find a great realtor to help sell your home or maybe you're looking to buy, they're great for both. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Plus, they're all fans of the show, so you've got that in common, and you start with that foundation, which is great. 1,200 of the top agents across America working to earn your trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Pat, and thanks for listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. When you have some time, you should check out The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. I think you're going to really like it. You can find it wherever you download your favorite podcast. Pat Gray returns. There's something called free-range parenting. That's a name given to a style of raising kids in opposition to so-called helicopter parenting, where you're always hanging around the kids. I was probably closer to a helicopter parent than. Yeah, we got to update that. Uh, Some Gen Xers now call it drone parenting. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got to hipping it up, you know. All right. (laughs) So drone parents are named for their habit of hovering over their offspring, micromanaging their lives in an attempt to keep them safe. However, critics believe this creates underconfident, over-reliant children while also causing parents stress. 
free-range parents advocate a more hands-off approach where kids are allowed to go out and experience the world on their own. Mm, man. That's hard, though. Isn't it? In this world where there's... You don't want your kids winding up in somebody's freezer. I... I don't know. I've heard the tale of Jeffrey Dahmer too much, I guess. Yeah. And so that's what plagued me. But is it is it unreasonable for this woman in Illinois to let her eight-year-old daughter just take her dog on the on a walk? That's then CPS or whatever they call it in Illinois shows up and starts interviewing the family and the and uh and pediatrician. friends and pediatrician and neighbors. I mean that's ridiculous that seems ridiculous to me uh lonnie in west virginia you're on the blaze hi hey how you doing today good good so when my daughter when we lived in virginia and i worked in a shipyard my daughter was about four or five my wife worked midnight she was on her fourth night Mm -hmm. so my mom took our daughter to the doctor for us and the doctor said she has pneumonia um we need to take her to the hospital and my mom said i need to take her home to her mother first and the doctor said, don't leave. I just called the police. Oh, my gosh. For child neglect. So my mom calls me at work. I leave. I go get my wife out of bed. We go to my mom. She says, we can't leave. I said, screw them. We're leaving. We took her to the hospital. I went home to get some clothes for my wife. When I got to the house, there was a note on the door from CPS saying, if you don't call us within 30 minutes, we'll have a warrant for your arrest. Wow. So I called them. Wow. The woman said, your daughter's not in the hospital. I said, she most certainly is. They said, no, we called. I said, try calling and asking for this room number and see who answers the freaking phone. And they finally did. But, yeah, we had a CPS investigation and everything wow. because my mom wanted to take my daughter home to her mother rather than grandma take her to the hospital. Right. Yes. Jeez. And, and that was in West Virginia? No, that was in Virginia. That was okay. in Newport News, Virginia. Wow. Yes. So, yes, they like to stick their nose in yeah. to places that it don't belong. Yeah. And then they allow other children that are having terrible things done to them, just let it get away with it. Yeah. Appreciate the call, Lottie. Um, I, you hear horror stories about CPS. You hear horror stories about hospitals. In fact, I just read one over the weekend where... A uh, daughter had, I think, an aneurysm, and her parents took her to the hospital. And it was in a small town in Minnesota. Maybe somebody in Minnesota knows this story better than I do. Um, but they they couldn't do much for her. They said she needs more help than we can give her because she's in trouble. So they finally took her to the Mayo Clinic. And um, oh yeah, I saw the headline. Did you hear? I'm trying to catch up on it. So they operated on her, and I think they did four surgeries, and they got her back to health. They saved her. She had like a four percent chance to live in the first place, but they saved her life. And after many months, she was a lot better. And the parents wanted to take her home, um, or they wanted to transfer her to a different hospital. And uh, the Mayo Clinic said no. And the mom was pissed off at the kind of uh, treatment they were getting from the nurses and from some of the hospital administrators. And so I guess she made a stink about it. And they kicked her out and said, you can't come back. You're not welcome here. She couldn't even go visit her daughter. And so this went on. They kept they they called it a medical kidnapping. And they kept her daughter 
for a year, year and a half, something like that, until they finally arranged a uh, an escape from the hospital. <laughs> and they, they finally got her into a car. They pretended like, I guess, the grandmother had pulled up to see her, and they were going to wheel her out to see her, and then they just stuck her in the car and drove off. Good. Finally. And uh, I guess the police went after him. They just kept driving until they were 12 hours away from the Mayo Clinic out of their sort of radius of influence. And uh, it's a crazy story. But then the other side of the story is apparently that they said that the mother had some abuse issues. And so you just who do you believe? I don't know. I, but we heard that story from the, the Boston Hospital, too. Oh, my goodness. With the Pelletier yeah. uh, family. Do you remember that one? That was five or six years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had a similar circumstance where she was uh, doing better. or Actually, they, she was getting worse in the hospital, and they wanted to move her to a different hospital or get her home. And that hospital wouldn't, uh, was Boston Children's, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't let her go. So... I mean, is there more to the story than people know in, in these reports? And maybe the hospital knows something about the parents that we don't? I don't know. I don't know. But it's amazing that this kind of stuff can go on in the United States of America. It's incredible. 888 uh, Scott in Pennsylvania, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. My daughter is in her early 30s, but when she was eight years old, uh, in the neighborhood we lived in back then, I would have let her walk, but not in today's world. It's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But also, back at that same time, she had a lot of uh, dental work done. She had a crowded mouth, mouth, and they you know, had to pull a lot of teeth, and then she needed braces. Two days after she had the braces taken off, she fell down the front steps and hit her mouth and, you know, Ooh. blood everywhere. Yeah. We take her over to the hospital, and they thought me or my wife beat her, and they put us in separate rooms away from her, and they were questioning us all over the place. Wow. <laughs> you know, I don't have any blood on my hands or anything. I said, you know, if I hit her, I'd have some kind of markings on my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were very upset because we wouldn't even let us go over to our daughter, and she's sitting there crying. It was terrible. I bet. How long did that uh, last? Did you clear it up that night? About like four hours. Oh, jeez. And the the cops were there first, and then they had to wait for, Mm. you know, human services to come out. And they wouldn't even let us go go to the bathroom. They said you have to stay in the room. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, That could have been ugly. Uh, Appreciate the call. Thanks, Scott. Uh, You could have had a little accident there on your hands, and then you'll be sorry. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Of course, you know sometimes those situations are understandable because that kind of stuff does happen, and the hospital doesn't know what kind of parents you are, and so they have to look into that sort of stuff, I guess. Um, but it's only when it gets really carried away, and then when CPS gets involved and they start doing investigations of you that last uh, for weeks, and they're interviewing everybody in your family, and they're interviewing neighbors about you, and and showing up to take your kids from you because you let the eight-year-old daughter walk the dog through the neighborhood. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I'm trying Crazy. to think back of how old I was. I mean, it was like, I don't know, maybe second or third grade when I had free range over the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Yeah, my parents were definitely free range parents. Yeah, we but, went wherever we wanted to, or I, you wherever. Know what, you know what they call us the uh, latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you come home from school, mm-hmm. um, let yourself in. Yep, let yourself out. See, I call that self sufficiency. I don't call that child abandonment. Right. Um, if you you know yep. your kids better than anybody does, so you have a better gauge of if they can handle being alone. Um, yeah. So I mean, there. But may- then the problem was you started hearing about people like. A Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, well, then you, you just the outlaw guy. outlaw murder, <laughs> okay, and then we can move on. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Because yeah. I mean, that that's works with everything else. Why haven't they thought of that yet? So why does the left think it's okay if we if we just ban guns, then then we're going to get rid of uh, gun violence? Yeah. I so don't know. let's just ban murder. See, yeah. and, 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 and it all comes down to control. It's because they. It, 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 there's no consistency on the left. And gosh, I'm just noodling this out as I'm thinking here, and it's really, I'm getting angry. I'm going to turn you? green, and, no. I, and this shirt is going to no, rip. No, that, that would be very surprising if you got angry, Keith. Why? I can't even imagine that happening. Why? Huh. Oh. <laughs> they want to replace the mm-hmm. parents. That's yeah, all oh, it is. Sure. That's all this is. Well, that's progressivism. That's they all it know is, better. because we can't take care of ourselves. They know better. And we can't take care of our kids, yeah. but they're going to handle it for us. And if and if somehow we're raising our kids in a way that doesn't fall within the spectrum of what's allowable mm-hmm. by them, then uh, we're calling we're call, we're calling the government. We're going to call the government representation, and they're going to come out here and they're going to take care of this right now. Well, the other problem is there are people like Jeffy on this planet, mm-hmm. and that just scares the crap out of people. And so um, it's kind of understandable that there's some nervousness there, you know, and that you're more careful because you don't ever want any of your children ever to be anywhere near Jeffy. You know how we excuse that? Just have Jeffy enter the country illegally and then oh, we just well, change yeah, the, then, the then entire fine. topic of conversation sure. is completely yeah, if, different. If Jeffy then. were an illegal immigrant, yeah. he'd be perfectly fine. Totally fine. He'd be totally fine. There'd be nothing to worry about because he'd be a decent, hardworking family person. You couldn't separate him from his family. Yeah. However, that's not the case. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, uh, get back to your calls here in a minute. Uh, first, we got to check in with Jeffy with chewing the fat. You know, it's such a hard decision. I want to just uh, kind of uh, piggyback a little bit on uh, your topic of uh, you know leaving your kids out and letting them do mm-hmm. stuff at the park because you know so uh, so many times as you know a hundred years ago when we were kids. It was get out of the house and don't come back unless someone's bleeding and it better be mm-hmm. it better be a deep wound. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I want to see it dinner time. Uh, your arm better be disconnected yes, from your torso. Yes, I, I must. I, I I better take you to the ER because uh-huh. if I have to put a bandaid on, that's going to be the end of it. Uh huh. Um, those days are long gone. Oh yeah, they are long gone. I think so too. And you know, you you want to say to your kids, yes, yeah, go down to the park, get out of here. I can't I can't do it. But it's a difficult thing. Yeah, it is. It's a really difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter, my youngest kid, 11 now, she, one of her good friends lives down the block. Mm-hmm. 
it's difficult for me not to just watch her when she goes down there until she gets to the house. Yeah. Just to say, hey, just go ahead. Yeah, you're going down. You're going down there. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mostly out to the front porch and watch you go along. <laughs> and I know everybody in our street. Yeah. But it's just yeah. it's a it's a. Well, you don't know who's thing. driving down your street. I know. No, you don't. Is Jeffrey Dahmer d- driving down your street? And look, probably not. But the you numbers, don't want to take the chance. I know the numbers. You know, there's there's a guy in this building who I, I barely like, Stuber Gear. He, he'll tell mm-hmm. you that the numbers are, uh, you know, don't don't tell you that. Well, if you're talking it's about safer now. violent crime b- b- from the '70s to today, it's it's a lot safer today. Yeah. But, but it doesn't feel like it that. Does not feel like that. Doesn't no, feel like. Doesn't that. feel like that at all. Too much and, information. Uh huh. And it just it, it just it's really really hard to make that happen. And yeah. then you know the the government agencies who get called and come to investigate. Okay, so they come and investigate this lady you were talking about, and they talk to the pediatrician, and they they end up there's nothing there, mm-hmm. and there's no there there, so they go away. Mm-hmm. But. If, you know, they use the excuse of, well, we get yelled at all the time when we don't investigate people and then bad things happen. So we have to investigate everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that may be true, but I think there has to be a better way of conditioning the possibility of something bad. Do you, you know, like the police showed up uh-huh. and the police realized, oh. Okay, have a nice day. And that, you know, obviously there's a problem with the neighbor who got upset Mm -hmm. and the police didn't do anything. So she's going to call somebody else and try to get to take some action against this family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's some kind of neighborhood problem there. Do do you recall the lesbian couple whose van drove off of the cliff in California with all of their kids? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those two were adopting children. There was plenty of uh, investigating going on, cursory investigating. There was a lot of smoke there, um, and, and they never took the children away. In fact, the children were saying, I want to go back to my birth mom in a couple of the instances. And, and, and it, it, for all intents and purposes, it looked like these kids were being abused. But mm. are you, you going to take kids away from a gay couple? Are you kidding me? Not, Anyhow, unless, not unless there's hard, hard evidence. And now, right? of course, it's been determined that uh, there were no skid marks. There was no, nothing uh, showing that they were trying to stop. It appears that... That was a deliberate thing that happened off yeah. the, that cliffside, and mm. those kids are not here anymore. And, wow. and that was a case where you had the opportunities to mm. really investigate this, and uh, you did nothing, and people can draw their own conclusions as to why. I think we should ban vans. That might mm-hmm. fix this. Ban vans. Why didn't we think about I this? I know. I know. Uh, hey, those of you that are uh, planning on traveling to uh, uh, Cancun or... Uh, Five different states no. in uh, Mexico. No. You might want to put it on hold. Okay. Uh, the State Department has just issued a level two uh, exercise increased caution travel advisory uh, for Mexico. Uh, Mexican prosecutors say they found a total of, and it's just eight bodies, uh, on the streets of Cancun. Two bodies dumped at two spots. Four others found shot to death. Uh, one beheading. That's all. But listen. Mm-hmm. They're not happening at the beachside hotel zones. No. So just. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, it's okay. They've discovered, you know, they, they, look, one body was completely dismembered in plastic bags hanging around. Don't worry about it. But the U.S. State Department warned visitors, look, don't, there's, just be careful when you travel to those five Mexican states. And uh, they also advise travelers to use toll roads, avoid driving at night, use caution when taking money out of banks or ATMs, <laughs> be alert at local bars, nightclubs, and casinos, and uh, you know, don't display signs of wealth. 
<laughs> so, uh, other other than that, go to Mexico, have a good time. All yeah, fixed. that's fine. Yeah, I mean, Don't worry look, about you're it. staying you're staying at a beachfront resort. Mm-hmm. Pretty difficult to avoid signs of what they would consider wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I guess you know the point is go there and don't leave the resort. But now we've also had uh, reports of uh, things happening at those resorts where people have, you know, bad things have happened. So, uh, mm. you know, maybe, I don't know. There's plenty of places here in the United States you could go that are a little bit safer. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the kids uh, that are upset and all the parents that are upset because of uh, what's happening with the Catholic Church, uh, yesterday the Pope uh, tweeted, uh, we must protect the hashtag family. Our future depends on it. That we're so protecting we're the hashtag family. Yeah. So we've uh, so we've solved it. We don't care about any other family but the hashtag family. Okay. Well, yes. so, so the hashtag family. The hashtag family. Is where do they live? The hashtag family. <laughs> they, live, <laughs> they live just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So right. five So we're, we're so concerned about protecting the hashtag just family. The well, they live on that same block right. in Wilmot, <laughs> Illinois. Oh, okay. and you want to protect them because it's dangerous when you go around that block. I see. Okay. Uh, a lot of people were a little upset about the Pope. Uh, hmm. One said, "You only care about the hashtag family. What about the others?" <laughs> And that, that was one person said that. I think that was you. And uh, another person said, uh, how tone deaf can you get? You sound like Don Corleone. How about protect the children? And what actionable steps are you taking to protect them? How about accepting Cardinal World's resignation for starters? Uh, the Pope needs to come here. Glenn Beck is correct. Mm-hmm. He needs to be here in the United States. And uh, I think that'd be helpful. Yes. Uh, because that, that would show that he cared more. Yeah. About the mm-hmm. other families, other than just the hashtag, just the hashtag family, family. Yeah. and it's already started here in the United States. I mean, uh, a priest was attacked in Indiana, uh, beaten to a pulp. Oh uh, yeah, they're investigating it as a hate crime. Mm-hmm. He was hospitalized. He was unconscious for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy was uh, uh, yelling, oh, "This is for the kids!" But I will say that it, he did. The, they said the attacker wore gloves, so it wasn't something that just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this was, it was kind of a, they're all, you know, all crimes are hate crimes, right? I mean, yeah. really, let's, I, I hate the, the stigma of hate crimes, but if we're going to use that as a, as a focus, this absolutely was one. I mean, it was premeditated and a hate crime. And uh, it's really surprised that uh, the priest, the other priest that uh, works with um, the man who, the priest that was attacked, Hutzko's uh priest Hutzko, he uh his partner said that he wasn't surprised by the attack in fact he expected it to happen just not by someone he knows so there must be an internal uh thing from the catholic church like um uh, maybe we they maybe they got the uh the state department's alert from mexico being be alert Mm -hmm. don't show signs of wealth Mm -hmm. uh you know watch out for yourselves because uh, they're ugly, and there's plenty of uh, Facebook posts and people uh, already crying. Can we? Can we? I mean, I get that we're upset, and it's a horrible thing, and it's a. But I don't think we need to go around beating up priests. No, let's let's not do that. Yeah. All right? I think let's let's take it easy on the priests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them aren't bad, right? Uh, please. A rare, this is, I hope this doesn't come across the pond, but it could. Because right now it's just, 
it's close it's close to us though because it's, it's normally in uh india new guinea parts of the caribbean central australia and southern africa and now it's in the united kingdom and starting to get a little close uh, it's a new rare sexually transmitted disease that causes flesh-eating ulcers on the patient's genitalia <laughs> um Jeez. yeah no it, it's Ugh, not, it doesn't boy. sound good and where is it? Uh... This is in the United Kingdom right now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the the Danovanosis uh, is spread, of course, through sexual intercourse with infected patient. Mm-hmm. Or you can just come into contact with the infected ulcer. Uh, and then you, you have it. It's, it's uh, the Center of Disease Control says, uh, look, it's painless. Okay. It's painless. All right. Was it for you? It causes progressive ulcer <laughs> lesions. On the genitals. That doesn't and, sound uh, painless. <laughs> and which are, which are prone to, the, the ulcers are prone to bleeding. Mm. It's painless, though. <laughs> and the uh, antibiotic treatment can stop the progression of the lesions. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you still might have a relapse in six to 18 months well. uh, post-treatment. Now, they only found out about this because this uh, chemist4u.com uh, site asked for a freedom of information request from... Uh, uh, the United Kingdom, because they, they're doing a study on uh, the great British STI taboo. You know, like that people are not reporting it and people aren't reporting their STDs. And they said, oh, well, you know, we did have a person uh, that uh, came in with the with this new flesh eating. Was it Ron Mexico? Genital- <laughs> yes. Remember that? Now, it says in this story that um, <laughs> the investigation also reported in 2017, 420,000 STDs were diagnosed in England. With chlamydia accounting for almost fifty percent of the cases, mm-hmm. and it got me to think. Well, I wonder what the heck the U.S. is. So the last full two thousand sixteen numbers for the U.S. and there's a lot more people here. Mm-hmm. So you'd expect a lot more yeah. people. So uh, in two thousand sixteen, uh, one million five hundred and ninety-eight thousand three hundred and fifty-four chlamydia cases, um, mm. four hundred and sixty-eight thousand five hundred and fourteen gonorrhea. 27,814 syphilis. That's primary and secondary. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, the congenital syphilis, uh, 628 with 16 live births. So there's nothing to worry about. Things are fine. Just go yeah. ahead and report yeah. it. It's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. The, but I will say the rare, <laughs> the flesh eating ulcers do not sound painless. And I think the CDC is lying. <laughs> Sure sounds like it. I, I think they're lying to you us. You think, but you cannot confirm I th- no, I cannot, they're lying. I cannot confirm because... you sure? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean... You haven't had that yet? They haven't started hurting. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that stupid story. I don't right. want to do that stupid story either. Let's do... Uh, Idris Elba has now confirmed... He's been a big, big uh, superstar, movie star, TV star, uh, music star, uh, and I'm a big fan of Idris. There, he was. There was a big push for him to be the new James Bond, and uh, he was going to be the first black James Bond, and everybody was all excited about it. And uh, Idris confirmed on a Good Morning Britain, and yes, that's the uh, that's the one with uh, Pierce, hmm. uh, that uh, when they asked, uh, looking at the next Bond. Idris said, no, not going to happen. He's not going to be the next James Bond. Mm. It's kind of disappointing. I thought uh, he would be a good James Bond. And so, uh, no Idris Elba, sorry to disappoint you. He will not be James Bond. 
very disappointing. They did a uh, they did a, a poll from the Good Morning uh, Britain show on who they wanted to be James Bond, and uh, Idris and uh, Tom Hardy were the top two vote getters. And you remember Tom uh, Tom Hardy? It was you would not watch the show, Pat. I guarantee you, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Taboo. No, I've never uh, seen it. On FX, and uh, he was Tom Hardy's the Mad Max, and he's been in Peaky Blinders and Lawless. Those are all. Now you may have seen these movies as you may have run them through your. Uh, mm, I can't actually haven't. Art no. movies. Don't mm. you have the? Don't you have the movie? Vid Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you have the machine that you can run? Yeah. Run those through. Yeah. Yeah, but I still have some seen of it. these movies. Probably mm. you'd be able to get through them in about ten minutes. Really be good, yeah. Especially taboo, taboo. You get the. I think they might stop at the open. <laughs> Ta, the end. <laughs> and uh, congratulations to George Clooney. Uh, he is the highest paid male actor in 2018. Yeah, but that's a little it, misleading. It sure is. He didn't even do a movie. It sure is. He hasn't done a movie since 2016. I know. That's. I know. That's not. That's not right. I don't think so either. I will, I question that as well because mm-hmm. you know his main job is an actor, but this is business, mm-hmm. right? He got he made all this money from the from the vodka or the tequila, tequila, tequila. Mm-hmm. and uh, that had nothing to do, you know, with with the acting, right? So very questionable. Right. But I will say, looking at this list of the male and females, I mean, the females uh, they could be mad at this list. You look at number, you know, you're looking at uh, the the mm-hmm. top ten for the males. Uh, you know, Chris Evans number ten, thirty-four million. Okay. Uh, Salman Khan thirty-eight point five. Adam Sandler still raking in millions at thirty-nine point five million. Yeah. Uh, Ashke Kumar forty point five million. Will Smith raking in forty-two million. Jackie Chan forty-five point five million. Chris Hemsworth sixty-four point five million. The top three now, really Clooney, and we're if we disregard Clooney because. Uh, we are, you know, because he really sold his tequila fair. company yeah, for really two hundred million or something. Yeah, it's not really fair. more than that. In fact, might have more been two thirty. He is, I think, his share was two thirty nine, right? Two hundred thirty nine million. His share, yeah, yeah. Was, was a couple hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where it came from. Right. It came from tequila. So you got the Rock. Yeah, the number two, who should he be was number in a couple one, of is the Rock. Yeah, Rock has done a little bit of work. Jumanji. And that uh, skyscraper thing. I've I've been a fan of his for a long time. Yeah, I like he, him. And he like he only pulled in 124 million. Nah. So I mean, I how do you make ends meet like don't, that? I don't. You can't you know, live in San Francisco. So. I don't know. Maybe he can pick up a second job as part of the Poop Patrol. Okay, maybe yeah. Help mm-hmm. him out a little bit. Good money. We'll tell you about that in a few minutes. Here. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. pulled in 81 million. Yeah, for uh, the uh, Avengers yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and that's where some of you know some of these other guys were making their money too, right? And yeah. So, and you know. see where the girls not I mean, faring as no. well. Uh, seriously, Scarlett Johansson must Number be pissed at, at forty and a half million. Now, I will say, I just I hate to break it to you, Scarlett and Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer uh, Aniston, uh, stop it. Hmm? Jennifer Lawrence, Reese Witherspoon, Reese's a. What has she done recently? Oh, she's done a bunch of movies, and she? she's a big. Uh, she's making movies. Her company is making movies and stuff in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miley Kunis, Julia Roberts, Kate Blanchett, Melissa McCarthy, Gail Gadot. Gail Gadot, ten million. But I will say, if That's I don't know the, how many uh, people Wonder on Woman. this list, yeah, right. Gal, I don't know how many people on this, on this list are mm-hmm. first draws. I know Jennifer Lawrence thinks she is, but that last movie she made was a dump. Uh, the Red Sparrow, right, or something like that, whatever the heck it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, that and was. That, but that I mean, so good. she, you know, any of these females, would you rather go see, uh, you know, Miley Kunis or Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, I don't even know who Who's? Miley Kunis is. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you it's, do. It's saw. Mila Kunis. Oh, okay. I was rolling so, with it, Jeffy. So uh, I knew you. what you meant. Just to help you out. There I mean, I speak bit, Jeffy Eads when you work with <laughs> yourself care. long enough. You know? I, I don't care. That's, <laughs> but a, that's, I, that's I've my never, point. I don't think that's I've ever, my point. I've never seen her in anything. I, I don't think I, I've I'm seen sure her in that I have. But okay, so yeah, I know. So great, know. great job. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I enjoyed your work so much. Maybe you were such a good actress. I didn't even. You did the part. Yeah, but who? Who's I the bigger draw. The part. Who's the bigger draw? My point exactly. So They're, that's what you go by in Hollywood, right? You're supposed Who's to. Who's going to bring the money? Who's going to bring the seats to the chair and sit in them and watch this movie? Are you going to go with Tom Cruise or are you going to go with Mila Kunis? Well, Tom, I think you're going to go with Tom Cruise, I mean, right? I'm sad. Tom's not even on this list. And he's not even on the list. I mean, well, he'll be on next year's he's list. Struggling, for, though. I mean, Tom. Tom maybe hard. Tom needs yeah. to do the Poop Patrol instead of The Rock. <laughs> yeah, because he's. I mean, he just did the Mission Impossible thing, which has only made, what, $600 million? Uh, Whatever. He's not in the top 10. Oh, he's going to be the... next year. That'll be next year's money, probably. Because <laughs> that's this year. That's right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he probably made, I'll bet he made $150 million from this thing. He, I'll bet oh, he's got yeah. a share of the back well, end yeah. and all of that stuff. He's, yeah. he's going to do well with this. Yeah, he might make a yeah. couple dollars. He'll be all right. All right, uh, 888 We'll finish up here in a second. Hi, let me tell you about uh, usewaxrx.com. That's the website you can go to to uh, get yourself the uh, solution that will clean your ears and make you hear things and feel better about life. WaxRx comes with everything you need to safely clean out your earwax and condition your ears conveniently at home for less than the cost of a doctor's visit go to usewaxrx.com order your reusable ear wash system today use the offer code radio they'll ship it right to your house for free usewaxrx.com look you get the real solution for stubborn earwax it gives you the entire doctor developed wax rx system which uh will uh, clean your ears soothe your ears and flush away the wax i don't know what more you need out of life use waxrx.com use waxrx.com don't forget to use the offer code radio so it ships to your house for free use waxrx.com this is pat gray the blaze radio network Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Jeffy, would you would you describe yourself as a free range parent or a drone parent? I, Where I you hover around your kids more. I try not to hover, but I'm more closer to drone than too. free range today. I'll tell yeah, you I that. I think I am too. So uh, it, it's tough. I want to be. I want to be a free range. You yes, because I really do. Yeah, I want to be a free range, but. It, it seems healthy for the kids. Just it sure does. Let them go out and play. Oh, yeah. Just go. Uh, this Illinois mom got investigated by child services for letting her eight-year-old daughter walk the family dog by herself in the neighborhood. Amazing. I mean, they interviewed her uh, family. They interviewed the kids. They interviewed her pediatrician. That's a little excessive. Yeah, it does seem a little. She walked excessive. the dog. Come on. Uh, let's go to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on the blaze. Hi. 
Hey, how are you, Pat? Good. Um, uh, good. I think for me, I got wound up with CPS a number of years ago. It was before my come to Jesus time, and I had a child out of wedlock. Didn't realize the father was a horrible alcoholic, and mm-hmm. he came and beat me up three months prior to her birth, and she was three oh, months man. after. Oof. Um, so she was in the NICU three months. The day that she was to be released, he called, told the hospital I was I would kill her if she was released to me. So it it opened a genie sure did bottle because um, mm. CPS was on my back for at least a year. Um, interviewed everyone that knew me. Um, it, the whole thing was disastrous. I bet. Did In they, the final did, analysis. Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon? No, I was yeah. just wondering, during that time, were you uh, having to let them in and investigate your home whenever oh they wanted? Oh, my gosh. That night at the hospital, yeah. despite us having to be ushered out by the Ugly. police because this man was going to kill us, they took my other two children aside and interviewed them privately without me being there. Damn. Um, so it was it was a nightmare. I mean, in the final analysis, they cleared me of any wrongdoing because I hadn't done anything wrong. But on the other hand, it was the worst first year of my my child's life. She's seventeen now, Phi Beta Kappa. You know, she's 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 gonna she's just an amazing child. Oh, that's great. So I mean, but, she um, turned out fine. Turned, yeah, yeah, I yeah. still hear from this man yeah. on occasion who claims he's going to kill us all. But oh, you're kidding! Um, he's still threatening no. you. Seventeen years later, she's oh, never my met gosh. him. She's never had a relationship with her own father. Wow. And, um, but I feel sorry for people that get caught in the clutches of CPS. Yeah. It's a nightmare. No it's well, a nightmare. And in the clutches of a maniac like right. your ex, because that's pretty ugly as well, is I mean, is there nothing that the authorities can do to keep him off your back? Like restraining orders and all that? Do you have that going there were, already? There, oh, yeah. yeah. Those were put yeah, I into, suppose. I mean, the court, Oof. the court, she, he is not allowed to see the child yeah. or my other two children. Wow. Appreciate the That's call. Um, man, that is a tough situation. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Ted Cruz, coming up. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93. And a Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, still waiting for the call of uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Sometimes things happen in the Senate and they can't get away. We'll see. Um, but he is uh, he's scheduled for this time, so we'll, we'll uh, keep an eye out uh, for his call any minute, hopefully. In the meantime, uh, we've been talking about these... Uh, this parent in Illinois, and this happens in virtually every state. It's not, it's not really unique to Illinois, uh, where CPS, or the Department of Children and Family Services, so it's CFS in, in Illinois, investigated her because a neighbor called when they saw her eight-year-old daughter out walking the dog by herself. Is, is that too young to walk the, daughter, to walk the dog in the neighborhood by yourself? I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on the kid. 
you know yeah it probably does and you yeah. know I'm and the neighborhood that, i'm sorry that yeah neighborhood? In the neighborhood i'm sorry that there are such nosy neighbors or such busy bodies yeah that, that's uh, unfortunate that's the problem here. yeah and and they're homeschoolers there's mm-hmm. another issue Make probably sure you are a target when you homeschool your children there's no question plain about and that. simple you better be on your best behavior mm-hmm. yeah so get ready for that if you if you want to homeschool because there are people for whatever reason that don't like it that really get pissed off about it and that it's people who aren't even necessarily in the educational business certainly educators get mad sometimes but people who have nothing to do with the educational system teachers or you know administrators at school they also get hacked off at you and they will try to shun you and sometimes your kids and have their kids shun your kids so you know just know that that kind of nonsense happens as well so that that could be part of this situation i don't know uh but fortunately she didn't get her her children taken from her cps investigated for a while they got in touch with her family they interviewed the kids they interviewed her pediatrician nothing came of it but still i mean it's it it can get ugly as we've heard stories from people who've called about uh cps getting involved in their lives uh dan in arizona you're on the blaze hi hi how are you today good yeah i'm just um i'm calling from the other side okay i was a i was a school bus driver and every year you have to go in for training um, it was kind of a refresher kind of thing, and every year it would be some different topic. And this one year it was um, what you should do when you when you notice something different about kids or whatever, because every school had a mandated reporter, and as any eyes that were were staff had to tell this mandated reporter what they saw. So there was some questions um, in the audience from the bus drivers, and said, "Well, give us an example." And the example they gave us was let's pretend that you're stopping at this house. It's like 30 or 40 feet away. And the first day of school, you're there, and there's a pregnant woman and her daughter, and her daughter's getting on the bus. And weeks go by, and then all of a sudden, the the mother's not pregnant anymore, and she's carrying a baby and putting her child on the bus. And that goes on for about a week. They said... If one day you go there and the woman's not holding the baby and she's putting her child on the bus, you should ask her, well, where's the baby? Mm. And if the mother says, oh, well, the baby's sleeping in the house, they said, you have to go and report that. And I, I, I asked, you know, I, that was somebody else's question. Give us an example. And I asked. Well, what, what, why would you want to do that? That's, you know, child sleeping. Oh, no, 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 no. The mother has to have the baby at all times. And I was really mm. shocked that, that how easy it is for one of these uh, investigations to start. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all too easy for them to start. It, you know, they really should have some kind of system like, like the FISA warrants where you have to take it to a judge first, you know. Yeah. And, and, ha- and have somebody look at it and say, yeah, that's concerning. But when you put people in charge of, of making their own work, it's, it's a very dangerous uh, precedent. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, Dan. Uh, 888-900-3393. And uh, at Pat Unleashed. Fortunately, it seems to have worked out uh, for this particular Illinois mom. Um, the uh, First of all, the police showed up. And when they found out what was going on, they just they left without any issue. 
but that didn't satisfy the nosy neighbor. So she called CFS on the uh, family, and that's when all the nonsense began. So, uh, I, you know, there's no perfect system. Uh, it's just that sometimes these government agencies can get way too intrusive in our lives, way too oppressive, have far too much power, and then it's, it's, it's tough to do anything with them. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Still no uh, Ted yet, so I don't, I don't know if something. They came are up. tracking him down in the Senate as we speak. Okay. Yep. Um, in the meantime, we've got this uh, video from CNN. They were excited yesterday, boy. Wow. Was it yesterday or the day before when everything broke that that Manafort? It was the day before Manafort was convicted on eight charges and and Michael Cohen admitted his guilt. So what a fun day it was for CNN. They were excited. And here, here's a look at uh, at the breaking news that they were excited about. This is CNN Breaking News. Breaking news. All right, breaking news. We are following breaking news. We are continuing to follow breaking news. Thank you for sharing this big breaking news day with us. Breaking news. Don't go anywhere. A lot of breaking news. We're getting breaking news standby because this is uh, clearly breaking news. We have more breaking news. Don't go too far away because there's more breaking news. Right, every five there's minutes. More bre- Breaking news. There's more breaking news. There's breaking news and more breaking news. Back to our other breaking news. I'm going to pull away from you because our uh, justice correspondent, Shimon Prokopez, I hear, has some breaking news. Back to our breaking news. Stay with me. Breaking news. Breaking news. Wow. A lot going on today. We begin with breaking news. Everyone hold hold on right now because we have some breaking news. Preet, I'm going to... Breaking news. You and I, 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 I apologize, but we have some major breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Freed, I'm interrupting. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. We have some more breaking news. Sorry, guys. It's been, it's been. There's been quite a lot of breaking news. We, we haven't breaking. even taken any commercial breaks. There's breaking news happening now. Breaking news. There's more breaking news. Can't Thanks even take a much breath. For watching CNN's coverage now. of the breaking news. <laughs> so how many times do we count? How many times oh is that with the breaking news? I should have counted. Like in some cases, it was every two minutes. Then it was five minutes. Yeah, then it was at the top of the 10. screen on the Blaze TV. You'll see it had the time. That is amazing. But I mean, Wolf was like, "Here we go, breaking, breaking news. news!" And they were even making fun of it themselves. They're like, "He's like, sorry guys, I know everything's breaking." <laughs> <laughs> We've got men uh, working right now to repair it. Uh, too much breaking news. Everything's broken now. So we're, some super glue or gorilla glue. Men out there working on it. Or? We're going to try to fix it. Uh, yeah, we got some super glue. Mm-hmm. We've got some duct tape. We're mm-hmm. going to see if we can fix the news. But right now, it's it's broken. It's just broken all over the place. That That's amazing. <laughs> I, I wonder. Pathetic is more like what I'm Was it really new information every time? Come on. No way. No way was there new information every single time. That had to be. 20 times during the day they did breaking news. All right. 888-900-3393. I got some breaking news for you. Oh, whoa, whoa. If you need a job in San Francisco, I have exactly the job for you. Hmm. It's um, San Francisco's new poop patrol. Oh, boy. Um, it's actually a pretty lucrative gig. You know how, you, how much you can make? We talked about the poop patrol uh, last week. You know, the poop in San Francisco is so bad that they had to uh, uh, they had to put together these patrols to go out and try to get the and try to get all the uh, poop taken care of. And we'll, we'll tell you about the uh, job opportunities available for you in just a second. But I think we got uh, I think we got Senator Cruz on now. OK, awesome. Uh, Senator Cruz, welcome How to. Good. 
it, it's great to be with you. Yeah, great to have you. Thank you for uh, for for coming on. Um, and, and I, for one, I'm glad that neither of us are shoveling manure in San Francisco right now. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, well, you're in D.C. <laughs> it just goes to show you what 60 years of liberal policy has done for that town, though. It's uh, it's sad. So we uh, wanted to get you on, uh, Senator. So I'm, I'm in D.C. right now, and, and, and this town produces more than its share of manure. There's <laughs> <laughs> no question about that. Um, so we're looking at the at the latest polls, the last three polls that I've seen in Texas, and I I don't know you know what you because certainly you've got access to more polls and insider polls and and than we do, but they show you anywhere from about two points to four points ahead. Does that seem accurate? Because I can't believe it. I, I can't believe well, you're not fifteen or twenty points ahead at this point. There have been now four polls in a row that have showed this race anywhere between two points, four points, six points, four points have been the results. Now, now there's reason to be skeptical of those results, but but regardless, it is clear we've got a real race. And, mm-hmm. and, and the single biggest challenge that, that, that I face is complacency. Uh, people yes. say to me every single day, it's a Texas reelect. How can this possibly be competitive? Uh, the answer is simple. Number one, uh, Texas, if you, if you look at the numbers in 2016, Trump carried Texas by just. That is the identical margin he carried Ohio. Nobody thinks of Ohio as a bright red, unshakably Republican state, and the margin in Texas was identical. But number two, by any measure, the hard, hard left, they're energized, they're angry. Yeah. They're going to show up in huge numbers. They're flooding tens of millions of dollars into Texas. Mm-hmm. And so we got to fight. The good news is we got a whole lot more conservatives than liberals in Texas, but we have to make sure every freedom loving Texan shows up and votes in November. You know, the other thing that's bothered me a lot is the sort of deceitful tactic that he is using, that Robert Francis O'Rourke is using in trying to, I think he's trying to pull the wool over the eyes of Hispanics in this state, making uh, trying to make them think that he himself is, is Hispanic with this, um, with this Hispanic nickname, and he's not Hispanic. Uh, and so it's kind of an interesting race in that a guy named Ted Cruz... <laughs> who does have that heritage, and a guy named Robert Francis O'Rourke, the identities just seem to be switched here, and Hispanics seem to think that he's one of theirs when nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, do you get the idea that he is, uh, and and that the lawn signs all just say Beto for Senate, the bumper stickers just say Beto, he only uses that name uh, in his campaign literature, it's kind of amazing. Do you have do you have the same feel that he is trying to uh, come off as Hispanic? Well, I, I think we've seen a lot of Democrats who running in Texas try to pull the wool over people's eyes and, and mm-hmm. then try to run as as, as, as something they're not. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always amazed when I read these these press profiles uh, of of O'Rourke how they're just. They sometimes describe him as a moderate, which is screamingly funny. Yeah, not true. Be- be- because, you know, normally te- Democrats in a general election in Texas, they'll at least pretend to run to the middle, pretend to be moderate. He- he's not doing that. He is running as a hard, hard left, 
uh, Bernie Sanders type campaign. And yeah. his campaign, his positions are on the extreme left wing, and they're out of touch with Texas. And I'll tell you, they're out of touch with Hispanic voters in Texas. You know, one of the things that the national media doesn't seem to understand is Hispanic voters in Texas, the Hispanic community is a conservative community. And when you campaign like 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 Beto O'Rourke is doing in support of of socialized medicine and in support of, of mm. being open to abolishing ICE, as Beto O'Rourke has said, and being in support of sanctuary cities and being in support of, of late term abortion and unlimited abortion paid for with taxpayer funds, th- those are all views that, that, that are very much out of step with taxpayer with, with, with Texas voters. And, and with Hispanic voters in Texas. Yeah, he is he is very close to the socialist policies, like you said, of Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Cortez, uh, and and he's he's kind of singing the the exact same tune as the two of them are. And and you're right, I don't understand how how Texans uh, could fall for that. So tell us some of the main differences uh, between you and his policies. Sure. Without exaggeration, there is no race in the country with a sharper difference between the candidates on substance, on record, on policy. On taxes, he voted against the tax cut we passed last year, and he wants to raise your taxes. On regulations, he wants to bring back the Obama-era regulations that hammered the state of Texas, that hammered oil and gas, that hammered farmers and ranchers and agriculture. Uh, on on health care, he not only supports Obamacare, he wants to expand it like Bernie Sanders to full on socialized medicine, put the federal government in charge of your health care and your doctor mm-hmm. on guns. He has tweeted out to the world how proud he is that he has an F rating from the NRA. <laughs> Jeez. Not not a D minus, not a D. He is proud of an F. He's proud to demonize the Second Amendment on, mm. on immigration. He opposes the wall. Not only that, he says we have too many walls already on the border. He wants to tear down the fences and walls we currently have. He supports sanctuary cities. And he has said, quote, he is open to abolishing ICE. When he got pressed on that, he doubled down and said, well, maybe we shouldn't just abolish ICE. Maybe we should abolish the entire Department of Homeland Security, which, which is wow. a, that's a radical and extreme view. He's got, Pat, he's got the most anti-Israel record of any Democratic Senate nominee in the country. In 2014, when Hamas was raining rockets on Israel, Congressman O'Rourke was one of eight, eight members of the House to vote against funding Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. Virtually every Republican voted yes. Virtually every Democrat voted yes. Nancy Pelosi voted yes. Maxine Waters voted yes. But not Beto O'Rourke. That's how far left he is. Wow. And he is the only Democratic Senate nominee in the country to come out explicitly for impeaching President Trump. And he has said he would vote yes to impeach Trump right now today. That's amazing. I, I didn't. I wasn't even aware of the anti-Israel stance. Uh, yeah. That's in, that's incredible in a state like Texas. Um, on immigration, Senator, how do we? How do we finally get this wall funded and built? It seems like we've been talking about this for so long, and there was a bill in 2006 that that mandated that the wall shall be built, and then that was sort of undone by Kay Bailey Hutchison in a strange move. 
Um, so how do we finally get the funding for the wall? How do we finally get the border security that this country so desperately needs and deserves? Well, we need to be willing to stand up and fight for it and get it accomplished. And, and, and the way to do that, what I have urged my colleagues in the Senate, and what I've urged the president to do is for us to take up a, a procedural vehicle that can't be filibustered. The problem is the Democrats are filibustering it. Well, fine. We have ways we can respond. The easiest way is, you remember last year we did something called budget reconciliation, and that was the tool we used to pass the tax cuts. Budget reconciliation mm-hmm. can't be filibustered. That means it only takes 50 votes to pass, not 60. What I have urged Republicans in the Senate to do, what I've urged the president to do, is let's take up a budget reconciliation in September or October, and let's fund the wall. Let's fund the wall and, 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 and get it started and build the wall. I think if we did that in the fall, I, I, I don't think there's anything we could do that would have a bigger effect turning out voters who, who, who want us finally, finally, finally to stand up and, and secure the border. Yeah, it's got it's it's got to be done um, as well as are there more tax cuts coming or have have we seen pretty much everything that we can pass already? Uh, th- there should be more tax cuts coming. And, and in fact, we can do it on budget reconciliation. We could do it at the same time. So, for example, If we don't vote between now and Election Day on making the individual tax cuts permanent, I I think it's almost political malpractice. I filed Mm. legislation, you know, the week after we passed the tax cut, Bernie Sanders went on national TV and and one of the Sunday show hosts was pushing him saying, well, virtually every middle class taxpayer in America just got a big tax cut. Isn't that a good thing? And, And Bernie responded, well, of course, the problem is it's not permanent. Well, I thought that, and, and, and I tweeted out that clip. I said, Bernie, I agree with you. I've filed legislation to make the individual tax cuts permanent. Join me, and the two of us can pass it right now today. The Democrats are totally talking out of both sides of their mouth on this. So I hope, I, I would like to see in, in September and in October us to continue to vote on, on major, major victories for the voters. One that we're going to do, and I think we're going to see get done, is confirming uh, Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. That'll be a huge yeah. victory and, and and very important going into this election. Uh, you know, I, I we were pl- pretty clear um, during the campaign that that we were not huge uh, Donald Trump advocates. We were we were we were Ted Cruz guys, and uh, we made that pretty clear through the whole time. But he was elected. We said, okay, let's let's wait and see what happens. Let's see what he does. Let's give him a chance. And frankly, you know, a lot of the, he surprised me. Uh, he's he's done some good things. He's done quite a few good things. Yeah. And uh, I, yet we sit back and we watch the mainstream media just bludgeon him day after day, uh, talking about impeachment, talking about uh, his mental capacity talking about how crazy he is, talking about how racist he is. I, have you ever seen anything like this from any executive in that office in the history of, of well, certainly in our lifetime? Uh, no, there's no precedent for this at all. I, I, I agree with you, number one, that the policy victories we've seen in the last year and a half have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been, I, I have been incredibly gratified. They've been huge victories for texas yep um i I think the four big domestic victories 
for tax cuts, and that's been enormously consequential. Mm -hmm. Regulatory reform, pulling back uh, the job-killing regulations that were hammering Texas. As a result of the two of those, the Texas economy is booming. We've seen that low taxes and low regulations work. We repealed the Obamacare individual mandate. That's something I led the fight to do. That was a huge victory, and, and for many observers, a surprising victory. And we've seen strong constitutionalist judges confirmed to the courts. All of that have been big, big victories on top of the biggest rebuilding of our military since Ronald Reagan and and on foreign policy, largely defeating ISIS and taking away taking away virtually all of their territory. We've seen incredible victories, moving the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal, pulling out of the Paris climate deal. I mean, these are big, big decisions. They're conservative decisions. They were the right decisions, and they're great victories for Texas. Uh, I'm very gratified by the decisions we've gotten and, and, and how it's benefiting 28 million Texans. Yeah, it's, it's, but, but I, it's been but a surprise. I also agree with you that one of the great benefits uh, of the age of Trump mm-hmm. is that it is totally unmasked the bias of the mainstream media. That that no question. You know, people used to pretend they're not biased. You know, now it, it, it's fun just sometimes to turn on the television and watch Trump derangement syndrome <laughs> as they're just frothing at the mouth. And, and I think they've they've completely destroyed any shred of credibility they had because they're so constantly out of their mind attacking that that, that it mm-hmm. that their bias and, and partisan orientation is transparent. I know you're out of time. Appreciate your joining us, uh, Ted. In order to to get involved in your campaign, to help you out, uh, to to make a donation, um, wh- where do people go? So it's very simple. The website is tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org. You can go and sign up to volunteer. We have thousands of people knocking on the doors. You can order a yard sign at tedcruz.org. You can contribute online. I'll tell you, even though Beto O'Rourke is running hard, hard left, He's the number one Democratic fundraiser in the country, and he's outraising our campaign more than two to one. So we need your help. We need your support. We need your speaking out. We need your volunteering. And if we stand together, we'll defend freedom in Texas. Texas loves our freedom. We love jobs. We love low taxes. We want the border secured. And if we stand up, we will keep Texas bright red. Thanks, Senator. Appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, TedCruz.org, I think, is what he said. Uh, you could uh, you could <laughs> stop by and, and make a donation at, was it TedCruz.org? I think so. Yeah, TedCruz.org. All right. 888 Do we need to take a break here? Okay, we'll take a break here and uh, be right back. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, so now CBS is saying they too will not show the national anthem before NFL football broadcasts. That's ESPN now and CBS. So you're going to remove all incentive from this kneeling thing. Well, that's because so I think that's great. They do it during the off season, remember? Right. Uh, oh man, they the just country. deluged us with with their 
social justice activism during the off season. <laughs> uh, that, that's when I knew how serious they were about it. Uh-huh. You know, when they were doing it all off season, and you couldn't get away from them because they were everywhere with their protest. So ridiculous. They found another foreign object on Mars. Oh, nice. Spotted by the Curiosity rover. Um, and it looks like a bridge to me. It looks like somebody built a bridge right there. Oh, we got that? Yeah. A yeah. Picture of the little Mars. Everybody one. thought, oh my gosh, what is that thing? It's a rock. <laughs> so I guess Curiosity, what? the Mars rover, photographed an odd flat object that mission team members initially thought might have fallen off of the robot. Mm hmm. Uh, but instead, they found out that the weirdly shaped target was just a rock. It's a disappointment, isn't it? I mean, it's like it's like that face that was on Mars. Wait. Everybody talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it was wait. It was like a. That's not a rock. Sand dune or a rock. That's like a rawhide I give my dog. Look at that thing. That is a rawhide. That's a chew toy. Right? Look at that. There's a dog on Mars. Spread the word right now, y'all. Social media. There's a dog living on Mars. It's a bridge from the smooth part into the (laughs) rocky part. Yeah. Somebody built a bridge on Mars. And you know who it was? It's probably those sex slaves. Let me strike your listeners as way out, but Mm -hmm. we actually believe that there is a colony on Mars that is populated by children who were kidnapped right. and sent into space on sent a 20-year ride. 20-year ride. Uh, so that once they get to Mars, ride. they have no alternative but to be slaves on the Mars colony. No alternative, There's uh, all kinds of... Well, I, look, I know 90% of the, of the, of the NASA missions are secret, and I've been told by high-level NASA engineers that the, you have no idea. There's so much stuff no, going on. But then it goes off into all that. Right. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing the media jumps on. But I know this... We see a bunch of mechanical wreckage on Mars, and people say, oh, look, it looks like, you know, mechanics. They go, oh, you're a conspiracy terrorist. Clearly, they don't want us looking into what's happening. Every time probes go over, they turn them off. Yeah, no. every time. No, there's dog toys on Mars, Alex. That's what or a bridge. Are. Or a- They built a bridge from the smooth part to the rocky part. <laughs> I don't know why. I, they're not my sex slaves. I don't know. I don't know what those sex slaves are doing up there. Uh, whatever okay but they went up there on a 20-year tour that's an awful lot of trouble it is get some it it is to a planet it's kind of weird but another planet what are you gonna do uh... (laughs) they're left alone up there i'll tell you that Hmm. no authorities are after them Uh so they knew what they were doing yeah i'll just take the chaos here on earth please except they just they took a really slow rocket because it took 20 years to get and then by the time they get there, like, like, wait, take these kids back. They're adults. It's a six-month trip. Why did it take 20 years? Uh, uh, but that's what we're missing now, that his stuff has been taken down. Yeah. He's a voice we need. We need him back. That was comforting, that moment we, we need him back. We need some new Alex Jones, please. Put him back. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snap. Chat book or whatever don't it is. Act like you don't know. Oh, I'm all Mr. over You're Snapchat. Mr. I am so on Mr. Snapchat. Social. You have never seen Snapchatting like I Snapchat. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, uh, New York investigators subpoenaed Michael Cohen as they're going after the Trump Foundation now. <clears throat> they're planning to use information from Trump's former attorney Michael Cohen to do it. The state issued a subpoena one day after he pleaded guilty to campaign finance violations and other charges. And after Cohen's attorney, Lanny Davis, said they had some information investigators might find interesting. Oh, boy. 
I do believe that he has information about Mr. Trump that would be of interest, both in Washington and uh, New York as well. Hmm. That was Lanny Davis saying Yeah, that? yeah. Oh, boy. He was on with Megyn Kelly yesterday, um, and he had some interesting things to say like this. Last Correct. question. Is, is Michael Cohen prepared to testify before Congress on this issue or before a grand jury on everything he knows? Michael Cohen has committed to telling the truth to whoever wants him to tell the truth. Beyond that, I'll have to leave that to Mr. Petrillo, his criminal uh, defense lawyer. But could I just take one opportunity to remind everyone that Michael Cohen has suffered a tragic and difficult experience with his family. He's without resources, and we've set up a website called MichaelCohenTruth.com that we're hoping that he will get some help from the oh American people so he can continue to yeah. tell the truth. The, the audience is, they don't appear ready to donate, Lanny, but I, we did check before we went to air. It's got $70,000 in it so far. And listen, we appreciate you coming. Oh my gosh. I, w- I would say the reaction of your audience may uh-huh. be that they're not as interested in getting the truth out about Donald Trump as uh, many other people in the country, oh, approximately please. 60% of the country would not have the reaction of your audience. Uh-huh. Uh, and, oh, by the way, she I went, disagree with that. She went back and checked. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. It was actually, we're up to 20,000, not 70,000. But I just <laughs> went to michaelcohentruth.com to see what the update is. What are we up to, like 5 million, it 7 re- million? It redirects to a GoFundMe page to build the wall. <laughs> I don't understand somebody hacked it. what is happening. I wonder I if somebody hacked it. <laughs> it's hysterical. That's funny. Uh, probably not for so, Michael Cohen. But, yeah. Hmm. So he's without resources. <laughs> this guy who was making, I don't know, $20 million from the, the, the taxi thing? The scam he had going on? Oh, over, yeah, that's right. That they, I, I mean, he had a lot of money invested in that. And he was making a ton of cash. What do you think Trump paid him? A fortune. What do you mean he's without funds? Stop it. Uh, He's without funds, and I hope that your listeners will go there and donate. Please. They're going to donate to Michael Cohen? Come on. They they laughed at him. (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, that was bad. Oof. That was was sad. Hmm. Um, here's how bad things are getting on some cable news stations. Uh, well, on CNN. CNN spends pretty much every day, all day, uh, bashing President Trump. And it turns out they're <clears throat> bashing to uh, an audience of almost nobody. Even pro wrestling is getting better ratings than Wolf Blitzer. For the week of August 13th to 19th, CNN ranked number eight in primetime and number six for total day viewership. The network's 1.01 million total viewers in primetime. That's everybody from two to, you know, 92 or whatever the cutoff is. That's two plus. Um, So they had one million viewers uh, in average primetime. That's 23% lower than the same week last year. And 686,000 total day viewers is 24% less than last year. Wow. So they are hemorrhaging on They you. lost a quarter of their viewership compared to the same time last year. I, when are they going to change tactics over there? In primetime, CNN was crushed by Fox, obviously. Handily beaten by MSNBC. Oh, the Home and Garden Television oh, Network. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. 
ESPN, of course, History, Discovery Channel, and uh, USA Network, which often airs world wrestling matches during primetime. That's great. Uh, CNN fell again to Fox in total day viewership. They also lost to MSNBC, Home and Garden TV, Investigation Discovery, (laughs) Nickelodeon, (laughs) and even Paw Patrol beat Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 888-933-93. Hang on to that and use it tomorrow. And Talk to you again. I'm Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive.